Otherwise, it's going to be. Hello. All right. Why don't we make our way back to our seats? And as we are, I'm going to call up Joel, who's on a committee. Yeah. Does anybody know about the committee? I, I didn't. So. Okay. So, what? Tell us about the committee, and then tell us. Uh, All right. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you guys here. Um, yeah, so if you're not aware, there is a committee for the uh, Hope Mission Building Project. Um, it's me, uh, Jamie Stober, and Marco DeAndre. Um, and uh, the council asked us to kind of take um, over the responsibility of um, kind of, I guess, getting the congregation's input um, and as well as kind of being the go-between between, between council and, and Hope Mission as part of the project and kind of looking at the plans and things like that. So um, I guess if you're not aware kind of where the things are at right now, so um, Hope Mission and their um, architect and their engineer, they submitted an initial plan to the city um, in June. And I think we got the response back about a month ago, or maybe within the last couple of weeks, um, just on the, the development permit. And so the city is, supports the project, but there's still a lot of steps that need to go through uh, that have to go through uh, before anything really happens. Um, and so one of the things that's happening is in the next couple of weeks, we'll be meeting with Hope Mission's architects just to kind of have some initial discussions surrounding the building. And so part of that, and um, now that we kind of know that things will be supported by the city and we'll be trying to move forward here, um, we're going to be looking for some input um, from you. And so um, what we've done is we've created a survey and we'll be sending it out on, on Monday and we'll also send it out in a weekly link. And I think we'll probably keep it up for about two weeks. Um, and just looking for um, feedback from different people that have been involved in um, whatever, all the ministries of the church, basically. So if you've been involved in anything from a ladies group to Sunday morning worship to uh, youth or anything in the past, currently, um, we want your feedback. And basically we're, what we're looking at is we're just kind of asking some general questions at this stage and just to kind of, so that we can kind of shape our, our next steps. Um, so the kind of things we'll be, we're kind of looking for are, you know, how, how does the current building not meet your needs? or meet the sorry not meet the needs of your ministry like you know are there are there aspects of our current spaces you know whether it be sunday school or um or the worship area or anything like that that um you know doesn't meet the needs of your the ministries that you're involved in and then the other question is you know are what are some things that you would like to potentially see in the new building that would better meet the needs of those ministries so it doesn't matter how small of a role you've had, we want to hear from you guys. Um, so yeah, so if you could um, respond when we send out that survey and that email link, um, that would be awesome. Thanks. 
Thanks, Joel. Uh, okay, so Ben is, for those who don't know, he's out in Ontario visiting his brother. And uh, so, yeah, we want to be lifting him up in prayer. I hope you guys are lifting him up this week. And uh, just as we, as I'm just thinking about this season that God has brought us into of the fasting and praying in this month, um, as I as I give our congregational prayer this morning, I just uh, I want us to to just to come in one accord as we as we pray for these things for our church and. Um, Yeah, let's, let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this family that you brought together. This family of believers who, who in one accord say Jesus is our only hope. And anything that we can do in the kingdom, we can only do through the power of Jesus. I just pray, Lord, as you bring us in this fasting season, this season where we're putting things aside and it's exposing our sinfulness, it's exposing our brokenness, it's exposing our, our need to, to plug in and get life out of this world. And as painful as that is, Lord, um, as this stuff is revealed, to us. I pray right now over this church that we would die to these things of this world, that you would use this time of fasting and praying, not only to pour out your spirit on us, not only to pour out power into lives of, of people that need a touch from you, who need healing, who need uh, a revival of spirit, but that you would also you would also unplug us from this world. That we would unplug from this world and we would plug into your spirit. We would plug into the things of the kingdom. And we would see this. We would see the world with new eyes. And Heavenly Father, we, we as, as we prayed this week on Thursday, we got a picture of a ladder. And the scripture that came out was Jacob's ladder, and then about the angels descending up and down. And then the scripture was read about how you were the fulfillment of that, and that heaven flows through your son, Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that for this church, that we would become a ladder to this world, to this little part of the world. We would become a ladder in which your spirit flows down and through us out into this world. And so I, I pray that for us as a church. I pray that we would, our eyes would be open to see the things of the kingdom, to see the things the way you see them. Um, in this season, Lord, I, I just pray those things. And I, I pray for the people in our body that, that need a touch from you, whether that's a physical touch whether that's a, a spiritual, emotional, Lord, I, I pray that in this season of, of fasting, that you would pour out your spirit on us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Um, we have a guest speaker today, uh, Ben's away. Um, why don't you come up? Um, I've been fortunate enough to pray with um, Karuma in uh, in a prayer group and got to know him. And uh, he's from Cameroon, where actually my son went uh, last year at this time. So it's been really cool uh, to hear Noah's heart and his love for the country. But that's what I love about God's kingdom. He doesn't just send people one way. He sends people both ways. And the things that um, God wants to tell us, he sometimes brings people from another culture uh, in to, to tell us. And, and we can hear it better from another culture. Uh, I'm not sure how that works, but that's why we're going there and they're coming here. Um, it's funny that we're going to see that Fafton and Ruben is here because he told me months ago that we we're about to head into a season of fasting. Um, God had put it on his heart months ago to say he's been through this uh, season of revival uh, back home and he knew what, what the groundwork, the breaking up of the soil looks like. And so he told me, he said, this is it's fasting and prayer where, where this comes by. And uh, so I knew it was coming. Um, and it's just really cool the way God works. And he's He's coming right in the middle of a fasting season. So I, I'm just praying that the Lord just pours out um, through my brother uh, and that we can hear his heart, that God is, um, once you guys hear his heart uh, for just to see the Lord glorified in our in our midst. Um, I pray that a little bit of that he imparts on us. So I'm just going to pray for my brother. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for the way that you, you send people thousands of miles from their home to a little church so that you can tell us what your heart is. And then we can hear it. So I thank you for this man who's been obedient, who's left the comfort of his home, the comfort of his culture, and has come all the way over here to say what I've experienced, what, what my church has experienced. God has sent me here to tell you what he's going to do here. So I, I just pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts to receive your word through this man, that we would uh, that we would be ready to hear what you're saying. Uh, break up the ground of our hearts, Lord, so that the seed that this man is about to plant um, can be taken in and, and fed into good soil. I pray a blessing on him, Lord. I pray that I pray that you would uh, pour out your spirit through every word that comes out of his mouth. We thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for the way that you've uh, used him. And I pray that you would continue to use him today um, through your word. We ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Well, that was great. Uh, 
when I entered here, I just felt at home. I just felt I was in the midst of people who love God. And I want to assure you, and I want to tell you that the presence of God is in this place. Hallelujah. Um, I'm so grateful to the Lord as well for this opportunity. And uh, you guys here have a wonderful pastor, Pastor Ben. We've been together a couple of times in our sessions of prayer. Uh, Brother Roy just spoke about it. And we've been having wonderful times together. And I know, and I want to, you know, it's something wonderful when you affirm and you tell the Christians that the hand of God is upon their pastor. It boasts their faith and their confidence of what God is doing, using him to do. And I want to assure you that the hand of God is upon Pastor Ben. And I know that the Lord is going to use him. It's just a season of the beginning, but there are greater things that lies ahead. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. But they are ordained of God. And God is going to do it. I'm so grateful for him and grateful for the church, for the trust, the confidence that they deem it, that I should be able to mount this pulpit this morning and to be a blessing to God's people. It's a privilege, I count it, and I give glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to be very noisy sometimes, and I'm going to be very Pentecostal-like. Amen. And I'm from a background that we are very noisy sometimes on the pulpit. I hope you won't bother me, bother on that. Do you grant me the permit? Praise to Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we give our a hand offering to Jesus for he is so wonderful? Put a hand offering to him. Hallelujah. Uh, God is so good. When the worship team was singing and they were singing and saying, ah, God, a good, good God. God is good. And I want to testify to you this morning that you have a good God. You know, when I look at the faces of the people that are seated here, I want to tell you that you are a child of destiny. You are special in the hands of your God. You are not ordinary. 
if you see the mystery of your coming into existence, it's not ordinary. Before in your mother's womb, do you know how the number of eggs that were released in billions? But only yours got the attention for realization. You are special. I want that to be in your heart as we go through this message this morning. Knowing that God never brought you into this world as an error. Your whole life is God's projects. And your future is God's history. And so he, is, he has brought you here to unveil, to replay what he already had in mind for you. He has seen the end from the beginning. That is what the Bible tells us. And so he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You belong to God and you resemble him. I just want you to tell yourself that I have a good God. Speak to yourself. Say, I have a good God. You see, this morning, we are going to preach together. It's not Krumah preaching alone here. Everybody is going to have his own path. We are going to preach together. Say, my God is a good God. Say, my God is a good God. Say, my God is a loving God. Say, Jesus is a good God. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes, we're going to preach together this morning. Praise Jesus. Lord, I ask that this morning will be a special morning in the lives of your people. For they will hear and they will see and they will understand beyond that which they have heard and beyond that which they have seen before. For your word, Lord, I ask that it shall come with power and total conviction of its truth. That they will see, your people will see, your people will understand, your people will know beyond doubts that you are God and that you are God of love. And that you have created them for a purpose. And Lord, I ask that your spirit will envelop your people. There will be a newness of your presence that engulfs your people this morning. For yes, they will see you. For yes, they will know you. For yes, they will understand the mysteries of thy spirit. And God, they will walk in the plane of your spirit because they will know you. Make yourself, make your mystery known unto them. Holy Spirit, breathe upon your people. Thank you, Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I want us to look into what I titled 
how to hold onto the promise of God. How to hold onto the promise of God. Brethren, you see, in the scripture we have so many promises. We've read the Bible. Each person here, I believe, must have read the Bible. If not all, at least half of it. And we have wonderful promises that are written in the scripture. And many a times we realize that our lives are not, do not exemplify what those promises in the Bible are, they talk about. And so you see in the church, there is this challenge, how to bring what the Bible says into the reality of my life, how to walk in the promises of God, let it become a reality in my life. What the Bible says, let me walk in what the Bible says about my life. And that we be not just carried emotionally when we read what the scripture says. But not being excited just because we see it, but being able to bring it into actualization in our lives. I realize that there have been that challenge most often in our Christian walking, in our Christian journey with the Lord. But this morning, I believe in God that he will take us from one stage of understanding to the other, that we'll be able to know how to get into what God has spoken to us and walk in that promise. That is why I am telling you that you are God's witness. Because all what is written in the scripture is for you. And it's the pleasure of your father, his very interest, that you should be able to walk in those promises that he has given you in his word. But then we see some children of God walk in the promises. We see some people in certain aspects of life, they're walking in, in the in fulfillment of promises. And sometimes we ask ourselves, but why is it not happening to me? You see, in my relationship with the Lord, he has made me to know that with him, there is no partiality. You see, he says, whatever you see me do to a child, one of my son, one of my daughter, one of my child. He says, if you do the things that that person does, 
I'm going to give it unto you as well. So you see, that when we find ourselves not walking in the fulfillment of a particular promise, as, and some other people are walking in that promise of God, it's not because somebody else is more special than you are. It's because you might be missing it in one area or the other in your life. I told us this morning before we, I told us this morning, I said, you are special. Hello? Tell yourself, I am special. I'm a special child of God. You know, God didn't take his time in a whole day to create somebody who is not special. When in every realization of God's project in the works of creation, when he made it, he said it is good. And when he made you, he says, you are good. You are a special project of his. And he wants you to walk in that fulfillment. And so you see, there is nobody so special. How special you are is how you make yourself special. By walking in obedience to the commands of the Lord. Now, you see, for you to enter into realization of God's promises, number one, you have to be able to see the promise of God for your life beyond ordinary words in the Bible. You must be able to see it beyond ordinary words. People of God, I want to tell you, this book, we call the Bible becomes an ordinary word when it becomes an ordinary word when you cannot walk in the actualization of it when the power of God doesn't Bring the word alive into your spirit. We are in a time 
and the church where we have left from walking in the things in the dimension of the spirit of God to dig deep into the mystery of what God's word is saying to us. Many a times we get to just reading the Bible as a mere story. And yes, it will become just like a news, a radio news. And we open the radio, we listen to it, that is it all. And it ends just within our mind. And that is all. But God wants us to go beyond what is just at the mind. He wants it to sink into our spirit. And we start seeing from our spirit. We start seeing what God is saying in our spirit. You see, Apostle Paul, let me tell us something. Apostle Paul, when he, in his, in his journey with the Lord, when he realized that the, 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 the Christians, the Ephesians church, had started coming up in the things of God. One of the things that he went for is to pray for the church that their eyes might be open so that they can see beyond words alone, but deep into the mystery of God's word. And that is where one of the scriptures I would like us to read. Ephesians chapter 1. From verse 15 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1. The ability to see. Is by the Spirit of God. The ability to read God's word and see is by the Spirit of God. And now Paul the Apostle wrote to the church in Ephesus and in chapter 1 from 15 he says, Wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He says, the eyes, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling 
and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And we can read the rest to 23 when we get home. What Apostle Paul was saying is that enablement by the Spirit of God to stir up your spirit to be able to see the deep things beyond the written word of God, beyond the literal meaning. To get deep into the word of God as you meditate in it. The word of God is foolishness to the people of the world. But it's the same Bible they read. But to us in the church, it is the power of God. But what makes the difference? What makes the difference? That two people, when one reads it, that is why all around the world, they are looking at the Christians. They say, who are these guys? What are they saying? Is this not the same book we are reading? Can you tell me, what do you mean that the Bible is so special? What do you mean there is anything special here? Because they can't understand. Because their eyes are not open. Yes, they're reading the same Bible. They're looking at the same scripture. But there is something deeper that God has for his children. And that is what Apostle Paul says. That your eyes of understanding, there is an eye, there is an inner eye in your spirit when you begin to study the word. I pray the scripture over and over in my life. It's a scripture that every child of God needs to pray. The scripture doesn't expire. And nobody graduates in the things of the spirit of God. There are dimensions in God that we can never exhaust. The scripture says, thy mercy, they are new every morning. Meaning that the glory of God that we experienced yesterday Today is another face of glory. The next day is another face of glory because they are far deeper, exceeding, abundantly, above what we can think or what we can ask. All as we, our eyes are open and we begin to look into the world. If God doesn't open your eyes, you will see just a literal meaning. But when God opens your eyes, you begin to see the deep meaning of the word. You begin to see 
what your future is all about in the world. You begin to see what your family is all about in the world. You begin to see God's promises for your children in the world. And now, you see, when we talk about seeing, I'm not talking that you must be a prophet. I'm not saying that you must be a seer. That is an error that many people have fallen into. Yes, that is a grace that God gives some people see clearly in, in certain ministries because God has bestowed that on them. But you as a child of God, he wants you to see when you look at the word, you see the power of God in it. You see, when our eyes of understanding, when my eyes of understanding are open and I take God's word, I begin to see that yes, it is possible for the sick to be healed. I begin to see that it is possible for my family to be safe. I begin to see by the promise of God that as I pray for the nations, nations shall be saved. He said, ask of me and I will give thee the heathens for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. I begin to see those deep things in the spirit because he opens my eyes. And how does he do that? You ask, say, God, open my eyes of understanding. Apostle Paul prayed. I said, Lord, open my eyes of understanding. And let the spirit of revelation come upon me so that I can be able to see. So that I can be able to see. When I get a promise from the word of God, because God has put upon me that grace to be able to see in his word, as I take the promise, I begin to pray on it. I begin to invest time on it. You see, there is no other power that you need than the power of God that is in you. Christ is in you. The Holy Ghost is in you. There is such an exceeding great power that is in every child of God. But our ability to see that we have that power is what poses the challenge to something. When God opens our eyes and grants us that grace and we begin to meditate on his word, we begin to ask God because his word says so. It begins to enlighten us. You see, for every word of God's promise 
for our lives. There is power to fulfill that promise. And so when our eyes are open and we are meditating on his word, and we are speaking his word, and we are crying out to him, you see, many a times we are fasting, not because there's a special power that has to be released. You are having that power, that anointing upon you. There is such a grace upon in your life. But when we fast, we break down the distractions of the flesh. The voice of the flesh will pull it down. And when the flesh is brought down, our spirit man become more sensitive. And so we'll be able to access that dimension of power. And that is why we say, oh, when we are fasting, I sense the power of God. I sense that God, I, 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 I feel such a mighty presence. Yes, it's because the noise around from the flesh is being brought down and your spirit sensitivity is being amplified. And as such, you, when you read the scripture, when you meditate, you feel some sort of a newness because there is, it, it seems like a new revelation, something I've not seen. And something I would tell us, you see, when we stay on the world, there is anointing in the world. Whenever you see in the world, there is an anointing that refreshes you, that refreshes you, that refreshes you. Because in that process of meditation, God takes you to another dimension where you are able to see that glory that upholds that promise. There is power that upholds that promise. In Hebrew 1, it says it upholds all things by the word of his power. There is a glory that upholds it. And you see, somebody says, when you look at the, 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 the living creatures in the, in, in, that stands before, before the Lord, the 24 elders, the four living creatures, it says they bow down before God, they fall down and they cast down their golden crowns and they get up again and they go down because whenever they get up, they see another facet of his glory. When you come in contact with the glory, you cannot withstand that presence. And there is that presence in the world. If you can meditate on the word, you will be touched by that power. If you can meditate on the word, if you can see from the words, there will be the release of that grace upon your spirit. There will be an empowerment that comes upon you because you start seeing. And that power is being released to transform you so that you might be able to actualize that promise. 
you can be able to actualize that promise. There is such a, a, a strength that comes upon you because you have seen something. You have seen the glory. You have seen the power. You have seen the possibility. Nobody laid hands on you, but you looked on the word. You stared at the word. You spoke the word to yourself. You see, God told uh, uh, Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, 9, he says, This book of the law shall not stay from your mouth. He said, Meditate upon it day and night so that you can have a good success. Meditating upon it. Meditating upon it. What was Joshua meditating all about? He was meditating of the promises. How that God has promised that he would take the children of Israel from Egypt to the land of Canaan. He was meditating and pondering that it's a land that is flowing with milk and honey. He was meditating and thinking that yes, it's a land of victory. It's a land that had been promised right from Abraham. And so, we ask ourselves, but what are we to meditate about? Mm -hmm. What are we to hold on about? What are we to see? Brethren, it is God's desire that you begin to see. You begin to see your family. Sometimes we say, no, oh, it's difficult. My, I, I came from a home where I, I, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, but my parents, I was the first in a family, a family of eight, family of 10, that includes my parents, all of us. I was the first to come to, to Christ, but the rest of the family was not. My dad became somebody who was opposed to it. But that was not sufficient for me to put down my faith and say, no, enough is enough. No. But I kept on holding. I began seeing him say it. I began seeing my family say it. I began seeing my brothers and sisters say it. But of course, there will always be opposition. As you are praying, you are seeing them say it. As you are praying, you are seeing them saved. My dad would not accept that. He, you know, he looked upon it as a challenge because we, we, we grew up in an orthodox setting and there was every manner of protocol in whatever it's been doing. We were somehow religious, I would say. But he will not accept anything new to what had been. So before you were born, we have been Christians. And what type of revolution, Ruma, do you want to bring in this house? Before you we have been worshiping God. And, but he had not known the Lord, gotten into that point of a personal relationship with God. But I kept on praying. 
And the persecution was difficult, heavy on me, such that I was being stripped off from my sponsorship. I was being kicked out of the house. But that was not sufficient. There will always be storms to tell you to give up. But I tell you that when you see in the spirit, when you see from the word that I and my household shall be saved, that ask of me and I will give thee your family members. I will give them unto you. I will save them. Just ask of me. When you ask, when you see, you stay put on it. When you fast and God tears up your spirit and you see, you hold on it. There's nobody that is capable of resisting the hand of God when you lay hold of it. And as I began, it wasn't one year, it wasn't two years, it wasn't three years, but consistently insisting, praying and praying and praying and laying hold and praying. You see, that is the first ministry that God has called us. The ministry of your family. We are blessed today because Abraham held firm to the ministry of his family. He had a vision and God placed a vision in him. And he said, you shall believe me for a child that shall come through your loins. And that again comes until you begin to see what God is promising you for your family. In my never hands. But God has given you the privilege, the opportunity to see. See this day. See this day. Abraham began seeing. I looked and I saw that it is possible and God is faithful to do it. And I kept on praying. I kept on praying. It was like he was saying, please don't pray for me. I'm not going to believe. Don't pray for me. I'm not going to accept Jesus in any way. Forget about it. But that is their own confession. When you are out for a business with God, you keep on pressing. You keep on moving forward. You keep on pressing. And all of a sudden, after a series of prayers, one day he came to me and I said, ah, I, I feel like I, God is touching me. Can you go and get those people, your, 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 your church people to come and talk to me? Want to, them to talk to me. I want to give my life to Christ from nowhere. That is what seeing and insisting. I'm not saying that I had a special voice from heaven, but I can see from the word that when I pray, when I call upon God, he will answer. And there was that grace because I saw it in the word. Because you can see it in the word then God can do it. Some of us are in a, 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 in a relationship. Some of us are in, in a family setting. We say, oh, the, our children are stubborn. Oh, my husband, my spouse is like this, like that. What do you see? My dad said I should call for some of the leaders to come and talk to me. When I went and shared to them 
Ooh, no, 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 no. Don't you think that your dad is trying to, to hook us in and when we come in and he gets us, this man who has been persecuting us, persecuting the church, no, 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 no. We are wiser than that. And every negative story started coming up. You know, that is what sometimes when God goes ahead and our minds are still in the history, I said, no, no, this is how it was. And even when God brought a change in the life of Saul to Paul, for him to join the others, they said, Lord, this man we've heard of him is a wicked man. He has been persecuting your house. How comes that he should join this fall? You see, sometimes we always, it, it takes us back. But little did they know that the Lord God hates and touched his life. God had answered my prayers. God had answered prayers. And he came in strongly. I want to tell you that he did even more than when it comes to seeking God that I've not been able to do. He got committed. And the blessings of that, the other family members, my siblings, everybody, many of them came to know the Lord. You see, if you see it, you can insist and cry out to God. Hold it on that promise for your family. Sometimes we have we 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 have we have uh, we we live in a in a certain way. Our children, you know, sometimes oh no, my children they are stubborn. They are this. You see, the Bible is like an open forest. You can see many things. And when you talk with some people, you say no. The Bible says in the last days, children will be stubborn, disobedient. Oh yes. That is another side of prophecy, but your name is not mentioned there. It's an open check. And so when you go in that open check and sign in, children will be stubborn in the last days. And you're, you are seeing stubbornness. That means it will be endorsed. But when you begin to see that my children shall grow up and walk in righteousness, my children shall grow up and they shall know the Lord. My children shall grow up and they will walk in the way of the Lord. And you begin to see it and you begin to see it. Then I tell you, there will be revival in your home. Or you say, oh no, my, 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 my spouse is this way, is that way, is this way, and oh. You confess see negative, negative. You stand on the negative. It's an open check. God did not write your spouse to be on the negative. It's the devil negotiating and asking if you can accept it. But I've come to tell you good news that you are so special to be given for God on earth. And that if you rise up and begin to speak positively, things will change. Hallelujah. Some, secondly, 
for you to hold on to the promise of God, you have to speak it out. When I read in the book of Mark chapter 5, verse 28, we might not have time to read that. Mark chapter 5, verse 28. If you read that scripture about from 20, it talks of this woman of the issue of blood. She had suffered severely with that sickness and was losing blood. She had gone to everywhere she could get a physician, a help from a physician, but nothing was forthcoming. But then the Bible says she heard of Jesus. There are two ways that people can hear and interpret it. She heard of Jesus. Others have heard of Jesus. But her own hearing led her into something else. Because she was pondering, she was meditating on what she heard about Jesus in a positive direction. How Jesus can bring solution to her problem. But then there were others who heard of Jesus and they thought, oh, if I can just see Jesus alone, or if I can just join those others who talk about uh, uh, Jesus, oh, he's a fake prophet. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, they said, oh, no, he's a false prophet. Oh, no, he cast out demons by the help of demons. There are always two sides of the story. But which sides do you belong? The woman of the issue of law, when she heard about Jesus, she thought about it. She said, no. I would think on the positive side. I've heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he heals the sick. He performs miracles. And in my own case, what am I going to do? She began pondering over it. And something with the word of God, when you begin, begin to ponder over the promises of God, God begins to open your eyes to see possibility. Possibility. In the place of your fasting, as you begin to ponder from, by the promises of God, God opens your eyes to see possibility. And so God opened her eyes, this woman of the issue of blood. And the Bible says, and she said to herself, that's a special expression of what came out from her spirit. Many things can come out from your mouth in that process, but there was this special phrase that made me before God and took her to a different plane for miracle. She said, if I can touch the head of Jesus' garment, I can be made whole. If I can touch it, I know I shall be made whole. That was the connection to her miracle. And I always tell people, you see, when you meditate about God, when you think about God, when you look into the scripture, it's not just a revelation. It's not just a word of 
Oh, Jesus can heal the sick. Jesus heal your sick. When you are overwhelmed by that power of the Holy Ghost, when it comes upon you and you begin to see it in the Word, the Holy Ghost begins to give you a sense of direction. I'm not saying that a voice may have been led astray because of one a special voice. Voice is good. Let God give it. But if not a voice, there is a knowing that will come inside your spirit because the Holy Ghost inside you begins to stir up your spirit and begins to tell you that if you can touch the hem of his coming, you shall be made whole. And the Holy Spirit inside you will begin to stir up your spirit. I will tell you, will just give you a knowing that if I and pray, God will answer. There, is, there will be that constant assurance that if I can pray for my family, then they will be saved. They will be saved. They will be saved. They will be saved. There will be that assurance inside you. It's not a voice. It's annoying. It's not a voice. It's, it's, it's an assertion inside you. You just know it. You just know it. And because God says it, you just know it. I believe it. And that settles it. So this woman of the issue of blood received it inside her. That no, if I touch the hem of Jesus' is coming, I shall be made whole. And as she touched, power was released. Power was released. And the Bible says she was made whole. She saw it. She spoke it out. Brethren, you are very special. You can speak out the destiny of your family. In a place of fasting, when you stay upon what the word of God says and begin to insist, I and my household shall be saved. My children shall grow up to know the Lord and to walk in the ways of the Lord. My marriage, the Lord, what God has joined together, nothing will, 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 will take it asunder. We will live to, to our old age. I will not die, but I will live to declare the goodness of God. The Bible says, with long life will you satisfy me and you will show me your salvation. Begin to speak it over your life. Begin to believe it over your life. Begin to stand by it over your life. And that is what makes the difference between you and the ordinary people in the world. If there is no difference, then your Christianity has become of no value. Because if we want to go in the dimension of psychology, there are people who have studied, they are doctors, they have more in a position to give us counseling than us talking to them. But when it comes to the things of the kingdom, that is what makes the difference. I know many youths, sometimes we say youths are stubborn. It's because they want to, a youth, an average youth wants to see it a reality. An average youth doesn't want words alone. He wants to see 
what mama is saying, what daddy is saying, is it a reality? I remember, I, I would tell us that, you see, when we start growing up from as a kid, the first lesson that mama comes in and say, hey boy, look, this is a socket. You don't touch it. You don't, you don't put any metal on it. It should not touch. You should not touch that, right? And John says, yes. Come second. This is a knife. Have you seen it? It's very sharp. If you play with it, it's going to cut you. Mama, the doctor, gives all the lectures to John. But immediately, Mama goes out. John looks at him. Is what Mama is saying, is it true? I'm going to try it. And it takes a metal to touch and see if it is true. And see if it is true. And sometimes he wants to confirm if Mama was really saying the truth or was not the truth. And when he touches it, and he gets him, and he keeps quiet. He will not tell mama. He will just note it. Yes, that is true. That is serious. And maybe he goes and tells the other siblings, why mama is saying it is true. Please, if you touch a light cable, you are gone. If you touch a light cable, you are gone. It's true. You see, it's not because the young people, they are stubborn. It's because they want to see the truth of the world. Some learn by knowledge, some learn by experience. But when the power of God begins to work, and we invest in them in prayers, and that God will bring a change in their lives. If we don't get into prayers, we cannot overcome the world. If we don't walk in the spirit to lay hold on the promise of God, then we are of all men miserable. The one distinguishes us from who we are, from distinguishes us with the people in the world, is the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. And when a church ends up just in preaching, maybe psychology emotionalism and all the things without the power of God will become ordinary. But when we get deeper, that is what will make the difference. And it will cause the people of the world to come and see, to come and bow down. And I'm telling you, you see, I know God is doing great things. And there, 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 the, the, the church is in a dimension of a great beginning. Your church is in the beginning of, a, of, of something great. And it is going to spring forth so greatly as you begin to see that God is able to. You begin to see that God will use this church to bring changes in this great year. God will use this church to bring great transformation. And trusting God to build, uh, to have another building. What are you seeing? How are you joining your pastor to see? What, uh, what are your, 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 your side towards your church? What are you seeing for the local church? What is the greatness that you are seeing? We have to start seeing. We have to start trusting God.
we have to start believing him. That is what God is calling us into. Such a greatness. Such a blessing. That we can be able to see and lay hold of what we are seeing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to see your family being saved. I want you to see your church expanding in a, in a greater way. I want you to see things that are in the promise of God. Let the power of God work it out for you. For it's not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Can we give Jesus a hand offering? In the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that the eyes of your people be open and that they will see. They will understand mysteries in your world. And their lives will never be the same again in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask God that the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of understanding, that enlightenment in their spirit, let it be released unto them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that, Father, for those families that are having challenges, that God, they begin to see solution now. As I speak, oh God, please, upon that family in the name of Jesus. I ask God that your hand be released for those that are having one challenge of sickness, disease, whatever. I ask that your eyes begin to see healing. I release healing in the name of Jesus. I give you praise, Father. I give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Please stand with us as we can. Thank you, Jesus, for the word that you have brought to us from this morning. And God, as you reflect on what you've done, we want to give you praise of what you're going to do. What I can only anticipate. We anticipate the things you're going to do.